Welcome to Scientific American Science Talk, posted on May 30th, 2017. I'm Steve Mursky. Larry Greenmeyer is our technology editor. Larry was recently at the Mobile World Congress 2017 conference in Barcelona, where he spoke with Verizon's Director of Network Planning, Sanyagita Shamsinder. You had 3G, you have 4G, well get ready for 5G, and along the way, get a primer on how electromagnetic spectrum-based communications happen, starting with good old AM and FM. This may sound like a cliche, but what does 5G mean to you? Because it doesn't yeah. really exist. Mm. So, so when you think about 5G, what are you, what, what are you thinking? So 5G, our definition of 5G is 5G in what we call millimeter wave bands, which are very high frequency bands, right? Um, and there are many opportunities. I mean, there are challenges with that band because, um, you know, physics uh, says that if I go high in frequency, my energy dissipates faster. It can go too far. So, so that's the challenge. But then there are new technologies that help you overcome some of those challenges. I mean, you can't, you can't, um, uh, I guess, overcome physics. But there are there are things you could do better that form the energy in such a way that 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 you can go you can go further. So well, what we're doing wasn't the understanding that millimeter waves were not going to be good for communications? Was that or was it the spectrum? In, uh, well, for very long distance communications. No, right? Um, because again, like um, energy dissipates a square of square root of, of uh, inversely proportional to the frequency. So the higher the frequency, the faster the energy dissipation. So, so that that is that is there. That that rule doesn't change. But what you can do is you can you can have a better uh, concentration of energy. You can don't if if you radiate it everywhere, then that's a problem. But if you have a better concentration, focus towards you know where the target is where the communication is then 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 you know you can go go, go further than that so that's that's essentially the, the the physics behind it so what we are testing for is um is basically we have deployed uh several uh base stations um are in in these 11 markets and we have clusters which means we have not just one base station but a cluster three or four few few base stations a total of couple of hundred in all these markets and we're going to be testing how um, the performance is at various points in that big cluster right so we'll we will we will test fixed we will we will drive around and test what is the experience around in that area right um, why why are we doing that well first of all to understand um, uh, how millimeter wave behaves in different geographies different uh, different uh, environments different topographies um, because uh, the signals bounce differently with different building material types and different leaves, different trees. So there's only so much you can test in the lab and, and there's only so much you can simulate on a computer. So we felt that it was important to understand what the experience to the end customer is. Trees and other things interfering with, with signals. Mm -hmm. um, is that more of a problem with millimeter wave technology? Than, than with yeah. the current. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you look at, again, the physics, um, you know, there's more um, dispersion with, with, with leaves. The more leaves there are, it, it, it doesn't. So you need to find the nooks and crannies between between the leaves to, to propagate. So so there are new technologies like beam forming and beam tracking that help you do that because if, if it finds that a particular path is not good, then it might choose a different beam that, that, uh, that can traverse with fewer blockages so that technology is relatively new for this millimeter wave um, 
So yeah, so so leaves are are more of a problem for millimeter wave than for low frequencies. So you'd be happy when it's winter as opposed to, <laughs> to summer. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, in general, for for wireless, I mean, summer is more challenging because the trees leaves do come out, and right. you can you can see some difference in performance. Yeah. So. Just r basically, what kind of infrastructure are we talking about? I mean, someone yesterday had mentioned new satellites. Uh, I, I think he was saying lower orbit satellites um, and more of them. Mm. Uh, I mean, we, is it is it is that much infrastructure where we're talking like from the satellites down to the handsets, or is it not quite? No, satellites have have intense. come and gone many years. I mean, at, at one point uh, in my life, uh, I was working on on a uh, satellite mobile satellite broadband system. And at that time, Microsoft had announced uh, a series of a constellation of satellite, low Earth orbit satellites. I don't remember what, what it was called, but there would be, I don't know, 600 something satellites orbiting in the near Earth orbit. And that would be connecting, you know, uh, essentially providing broadband. That never materialized. And then there was. Um, well, it's I expensive. I mean, it's, the, it's very expensive. Yeah. It's very expensive, and you know, of course, the the satellite industry has evolved too. We have SpaceX that is trying to, trying to get things in, done in a different way, but still there are challenges, you know. And when you put something up in the air, right, in the atmosphere, it's it's it has several years of life, and upgrading is a problem, and you may overbuild it, for for the future and all those challenges. No, we are looking still at a Earth-based uh, system. Um, you know, we have a lot of experience building networks. Um, we have a coast-to-coast -coast network, right, today on 4G, and we are densifying, which means we are adding more um, nodes, as we call it, more base stations um, to help with the capacity. I mean, the, the usage is, as you know, people love to use their uh, smartphones all the time. Um, so wherever, wherever there's a need for capacity for a wireless network, we are adding capacity. So we, that means we need to add more and more nodes. And, and so we'll continue to build that out and, and add millimeter wave as, as required on, on, on those nodes. Does that mean um, more fiber in the wireless part of the network or? Uh, yeah, probably, probably, yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know all our cell sites now are connected through some type of fiber, right? Um, because whatever the customer is using, those bits need to travel back to the internet. So that kind of full connectivity is needed from the cell site to the internet. So we have fiber, we have uh, gigabit Ethernet, we have 10 gigabit and 100 gig Ethernet on, on at the cell site. Um, so further densification obviously requires more. Um, there is an opportunity to do wireless backhaul as well. Um, so, so there are what, different. What would that be? Wireless so, backhaul. So, actually, using a concentrated wireless link to you know to connect two nodes, uh, people use that today, um, uh, and 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 there are opportunities to use um, in five G. They're talking about using the same spectrum uh, for to 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 for the for the customer as well as for a backhaul. So you share that time. And, and then you use it to, to connect to the user and then connect to the backhaul too. So, so there are those opportunities as well. But, but yeah, but more fiber is definitely in, in general needed for, for wireless network densification. Okay, so what is the role that Spectrum plays in 5G? Absolutely, I mean, Spectrum is, is, the, is the bread and butter of the wireless industry, right? I mean, we, we, we absolutely need Spectrum. We say it's never enough. Spectrum is never enough because people just consume, uh, you know. And and without spectrum, you can't you can't do wireless without spectrum. So 
it's an important part of the industry. So I'm going to ask you a very basic question that I need to know because I've been I've I've tried to understand the concept of spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you when you talk about spectrum, you're talking about wavelength, or yeah. So so if, you define it's the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to figure out is when you talk about um, it does it doesn't necessarily go from one to a hundred where you've got zo- zones of and you can send signals through specific zones. Mm-hmm. Is that is it that, is that's what it is. So 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 we have from zero to I don't know hundred thousand gigahertz whatever right, right? lots. I right. mean if, if you can go beyond, but but at some point. It has no value because you can't do much with it. Right. Um, so you have the radio waves, right? Um, so you have the AM, FM, mm-hmm. right? That's at very low frequencies. You you see on your dial, radio dial, um, FM ninety seven point something megahertz. So in order to broadcast at that frequency, you you whatever in, uh, whatever the content is, mm-hmm. it's got to go at that speed. Is that no? So, so does... what happens is it's something called modulation. Okay. Right. So, um, so basic. So, so, so FM modulation. Actually, AM is easier to understand. Okay. Let me expl- explain AM to you. So, AM modulation is nothing but you take a wave, sine wave, right? The sine wave is oscillating, which means it has a frequency of uh, whatever, eight eighty yeah. something, some some unit, right? So, right. so it's actually if you look at it's it's electromagnetic. You don't see it, right? It's it's a that there is waves all around us. Right, right. So 880 megahertz, 880 kilohertz is the frequency. So when you do AM, which is amplitude modulation, you vary the the amplitude of the wave according to the message that you're sending. But could you send that same message over a higher frequency? Yes, absolutely, you can. Okay. So absolutely now, can. what do you need to do to the signal to be able to do that? So you take the same message and modulate it. So there are different types of modulations. Okay. Um, amplitude modulation was one of the first ones, very old. I mean, that's where the radio came from. And then there's FM, frequency, frequency modulation. So in frequency modulation, what they actually do is they change the frequency of the signal according to the message. So if you look at the amplitude, it is constant, but the frequency of the signal varies as you change the message. That's called frequency modulation. And now there are more and more sophisticated modulation schemes. You must have heard um, CDMA, OFDM, right? right? Um, all that. So, so there are different ways of changing the characteristics of that signal to convey the message. So regardless of what the content is, if you're talking about 24 gigahertz or uh, mm-hmm. 28 gigahertz, mm-hmm. same, same ability, same message, but you're, you're sending it at a different speed or sending it in a different... Right. So now there's a slight other nuance, right? So I told you AM, FM, that's that's basic modulation mechanism. So when we went to the digital age, we started changing our message and representing by by bits with a computer, right? So A, A, the letter A, let's say is, is five bits long, zero, one, zero, one, something. Right, so you encode every message, every message into a binary number with zeros and ones. Now you take those zeros and ones, and then use that to to modulate the signal. So, so that's your message now, right? So, so you take packets of information, packets of bits. If you take eight bits together, it's a byte, right? So th- take a byte and encode what we call encode the frequency. Right, so so the higher the frequency, the 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 more the bandwidth you have to to encode, uh, okay. 
so you can send more bits over. So that's higher. why it's important to 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 get higher frequencies higher. because at 80 880 megahertz, I mean 880 hertz, I can only do so much with frequency. I can I can I can transmit effectively speech. I can transmit effectively music, but I can't do several megabits per second, several gigabits per second. That requires more bandwidth. So, is there a particular bandwidth that 5G or something at the level of 5G will will function best at if you're if you're communicating with a connected car or if, if, it, if it's a medical device or yeah so it depends on the application again right uh, for for a smartphone and or for a um, you know is something a camera a remote camera you would need a lot of bandwidth because you know images and video take up a lot of bandwidth they generate a lot of bits right because imagine a 2d picture i have colors and it's changing fast I need a lot of bits to represent that image. And, and that means it requires more bandwidth. I generate more bits per second. But on the other side, if you look at an IoT application, a meter buried under a parking spot, all it needs to do is tell me if, it, if the spot is occupied or not. Yes or no, zero or one, that's it. So I really don't need a whole lot of bandwidth for that, right? I just need to send a message Hey, by the way, every five minutes or something like that, I don't know, whatever you decide the frequency, you want to know whether the parking spot is occupied or not. I send one one bit saying this this spot is free or, or, or available. So it's it really depends on the application that you're looking at and they have re different requirements. Um, so a something that takes a lot of bandwidth would want a higher frequency? It, 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 is, it is not easy to build systems that have very wide bandwidths at low frequencies. Okay, so let's say I, I, I'm operating, let's say at one gigahertz, right, frequency, right? At one gigahertz, to get a one gigahertz worth of bandwidth is impossible because I'm, 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 I'm at one gigahertz already. I, 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 don't, I don't know where I connect. But at one gigahertz, I can get maybe 100 megahertz, 200 megahertz perhaps. And so that's, what, that's why you need to go to higher frequency. So it's, you look at the percentage of the bandwidth, percentage of the central frequency. So typically it's 10%. So 10% of one gigahertz is what I can get bandwidth wise at one gigahertz. If I go to 28, 10% 20, 20, of 28 is 2.8 gigahertz. So, so I got two times the bandwidth. So that's why I need to go to higher frequencies. It's not because, um, because uh, higher higher um, frequency, I mean higher bandwidths require higher frequencies, it's because higher bandwidths for me to effectively communicate requires more spectrum and that spectrum is only available at higher frequencies. So the next question would be in terms of spectrum freeing up, it's not just that more spectrum is freeing up, it's it would be where on the spectrum you, yeah, you get right. it. Yeah, mm right. -hmm. That too. That too. Right. I, I, of course, more spectrum, wherever is, is good. But there are some frequencies. I mean, again, there is physics involved, right? For example, uh, if you look at the electromagnetic spectrum, if you look at Professor Rappaport's website at NYU, he talks about different frequency bands where you know some of them are better suited for propagation than the other. Some absorb more. There's more absorption due to moisture. So there are some other effects in the electromagnetic frequency spectrum that don't make it um, don't make it easy to use. Plus, there's also different users, right? And there is the defense industry that uses spectrum. So, so it's not like everything is available for you to use. Um, it's being used by other applications, or it is not the right spectrum, and and so on. So there's some constraints that make it uh, a challenge. So tell me what you're working on now that related to 5G that 
that's exciting that you want people know, to know more about. Um, you said you've got these tests, was it nine cities, did you say? or 11, 11, 11 cities. cities, yeah. yeah. So we are excited about that, right? I mean, we have done initial testing and it's been, it's been fantastic. Um, we're seeing good results now. The question is, you know, how well we can, we are an operator, so, so I mean, this needs to be real, right? I mean, we can't be hand-tuning um, everything. So, so we need to understand the rules of how this, can, this, this works in a larger, um, in a larger environment um, like, like ours, uh, you know, with different, different parts of the geography, different, different deployment scenarios, and, and so on. So, so I'm excited to, to gather data, understand it, analyze it and operationalize it more importantly so do you feel a lot of pressure with people putting this number of five years or so on, on five gig does i guess it's too far away i, I wouldn't put pressure to five years okay. okay that's good that's good that's it for this episode get your science news at our website www.scientificamerican.com we're also now bundling our daily 60-second science podcasts into weekly editions posted on YouTube, where you can enjoy them by subscribing to the Scientific American channel. And follow us on Twitter, where you'll get a tweet whenever a new item hits the website. Our Twitter name is at Siam. For Scientific American Science Talk, I'm Steve Mursky. Thanks for clicking on us.